Welcome to the Breaking 50% Podcast, where we bring you a few minutes of NFL gambling news because you care about gambling, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. Trash cover of the week. Chiefs. Plus two and a half over the Panthers. Week 10 was good for so many things in the NFL. Trash covers, though, were not one of those things. There were no doubt crazy finishes, appalling fourth quarter performances like Phillip Rivers throwing four interceptions, but the Chargers weren't going to cover anyways. The Steelers-Cowboys pandemonium in the final two minutes, but the Steelers weren't going to cover anyway. The Broncos-Saints ending, which that, that was our best chance for a pure trash cover. The Saints tie the game at 23. They're going to miss the extra point because it's blocked. And now the Saints have a chance to cover because the game's going to go to overtime, but it doesn't go to overtime because the extra point gets returned. So that that prevented a potential trash cover. So with all of those almost trash covers, we'll go with an actual semi-kind of trash cover. The Chiefs coming back from a 17-3 fourth quarter deficit to not only cover, but to win the game in regulation, which was possible thanks to two massive defensive plays. The first one in Eric Berry interception return for a touchdown, and then the second one, which was just phenomenal. Marcus Peters forced a Kelvin Benjamin fumble with less than 30 seconds to go to set up a field goal, and force does not properly describe what he did. It was more like a stolen fumble. The ball never hit the ground. While Benjamin was still standing up, Peters just ripped it out of his hands, and then after being forced out of bounds, and this was really the best part of it all, punted the ball into the stands. That, I think, is my favorite generic celebration, slightly ahead of throwing the ball into the stands. Both just... Uh, exhibit a certain in-the-moment excitability slash anger slash disdain for your opponent slash I don't even care what's happening. I'm just kicking the ball into the stands. It's just a, a fantastic combination. Least favorite comment of the week. Matt Stafford shouldn't even be considered for the MVP because his team hasn't won enough games. This is not tennis. This is not golf. This is a sport where 21 other starters, plus countless more players, affect the outcome of every game. So to hold one player responsible for winning or losing, for having championships or not having championships, is ridiculous. Yes, the quarterback has more control over the outcome than any other player. So you can factor it in, and you can factor it in when evaluating those players, perhaps more so than when evaluating players at other positions. But it should not become this overwhelming arbiter of a player's greatness, of a player's value, of a player's outstanding nature. In a team sport where there is so much that even the best player cannot control. And yet, as much as I despise this comment... It's unfortunately so true, which is why I despise it. The last nine MVPs played for teams that averaged 13.44 wins. Stunningly, it's even worse in college football, where six of the last eight Heisman Trophy winners played in the national championship game. 
In the NFL, where there is so much talent spread across so many teams, it seems so unlikely that the most valuable player, however you define value, just always happens to be on one of the best teams. Again, I get it. Really great players will help their teams win more games, but not to such an extent that we shouldn't consider Matt Stafford, who happens to be the quarterback of a team that's leading its division. Though I would still be arguing for him even if they weren't winning their division. It's simply the principle. Stop turning this into an award that can only be won by players on teams that win a ton of games. That's not what the award says. Reminder of the week. Last year was the Cam Newton outlier, not this year. Oh my God, what happened to Cam Newton? What happened to the Panthers? How could this possibly be happening? Are the things we should have been saying last season, not this season. But no, we got all caught up in a narrative that Cam Newton had finally developed into being the man we hoped he would be when he was the number one pick, despite the fact that it wasn't like he was progressing toward that. It just came out of nowhere. And when something just comes out of nowhere, after we build up a pretty robust data set that indicates a player is something else, you should just be on guard that it could be an outlier. I mean, it was fun to watch Cam, and oh, he's this transcendent athlete, and oh, the Panthers are going to be good for the next 10 years because they got him at the helm. Oh, that's just so much more fun than what it seems like it really was, which was an outlier. Cam Newton's quarterback rating by season, 84, 86, 88, 82, 99 last year. 82. No, it wasn't crazy to assume that Cam Newton would continue to be a very fine quarterback. He won the MVP after all. MVPs aren't usually flukes. This is simply a reminder of how abnormal last season was for Cam Newton and how incredibly normal this season is for Cam.